The award-winning Jen Mueller from the Mariners broadcast team joins us. I actually back in Seattle now. Spent some time in Arizona going back on Friday for spring training, but you had to come back and pick up some hardware. I think <laughs> last week, right? Was well, something that, for the mantle? Wasn't that, wasn't that last week? It was last week. Yes. Good morning, guys. Good morning, boy. Uh, that has got to be Brad and I grew up watching Keith Jackson, so we can only imagine what it's like being in broadcasting and then winning an award with his name on it. Nelly. So what what was that like when you found out that you were getting that? Uh, well, I was certainly speechless, which is not something that happens very often. And it is unbelievable to think that this is where my career has taken me and how it's all worked out because um, there wasn't a clear path when I got into the industry. And the general consensus was good luck finding a job. You'll be lucky if you keep a job in sports for a year. And 22 years later, here I am. And to be part of that award-winning group of folks who have, who have won that award, it is really humbling. I'm super grateful for uh, for everybody and the community here in the Northwest for allowing me to be in their homes every night. What a night that was with you know with Ken Griffey Jr. and Gary Payton and and all the the cool stuff that happened with the 88th Seattle Sports Star Awards and uh, and Jen Miller and you mentioned you know uh, hard to get into this business and then you're going to do something cool here on Friday where it's it's just an all female broadcast of a Mariners preseason game. Spring training? Yeah, game? it's it's really cool. It's a shared broadcast between the Mariners and the Rockies. That means that you're going to see Angie Mensing doing color. I'll be doing uh, Mariners dugout sidelines. Jenny Kavnar from the Rocky Mountain crew, the, the Rockies crew, is going to do play-by-play, and another colleague, Julia, is going to do Rockies dugout. But behind the scenes, the producers, the directors, they are all female. So it is going to be very fun to join forces and to have that broadcast. Man, the the yeah, the evolu- evolution of women in broadcasting and sportscasting is uh, it's pretty remarkable. In a previous life, Jen, like in the early '80s, I covered uh, the Milwaukee Brewers baseball team, and there were only a couple of women who were beat writers back then. And guys used to they actually used to do this. They used to they used to shout out the clubhouse attendant would shout out, you know, woman, woman, woman coming in if there yep. was a woman in the clubhouse. Just, to, yep. I don't know, to give the players a heads up or something like that. But now I would, Jen, what is the percentage of of women covering the team? Is it, I don't, I wouldn't imagine it's 50%, but I would, I would imagine every game there, there are women covering, covering these teams, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, my athletes today don't know what it's like not to have women on broadcast. They yeah. have grown up seeing women on the sidelines. Well, women anchoring sports, women following teams. So certainly it has changed. The one thing I said, I spoke at a conference Friday in Indianapolis, and the one thing I said was, let's make sure that we're not making people prove their fandom. So whether yeah. you are male or female, don't, don't make me prove to you that I'm a fan. Let me show you that I can do the job. I, I do think that that's still a little bit of a hurdle in some spots, but there's a lot of opportunities. And I think there's a lot of us who are excited to help the next generation along. Before we get to the Mariners this season and spring training and everything, you mentioned Indianapolis. And let's go back just a little bit um, to that playoff run where the Mariners finally ended the drought. You, I assume you were in Indianapolis to cover the Seahawks and the, and the Combine and all that kind of stuff. 
when it came down to the Mariners' playoff run in October, September, late September and October, and then your duties with the Seahawks, I can't remember. Were you do- covering both and going back and forth, or did they make you choose, or how did that go for you? Well, there's always a little bit of a balancing act, but I ended up covering both. I I was watching from afar on a couple of big games. I was working close up on a few games, but yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of excitement that time of year. And while I don't know where I am some days during September and October, <laughs> yeah. I would not change it when you've got teams that are that are doing fun things and making headlines and, and certainly with the Mariners breaking that streak. That, that, that will to watch. So Brad and I were talking about this earlier in the show. Uh, Kellenic, uh, you know, had another homer, and yeah. I guess he's doing pretty well. And and uh, and and I, I, my concern about the team is just is the offensive pitching. I, I think they're pretty good, and it's and to me, it's like it's this Kellenic thing. If this guy were to come through and be what we were hoping he was supposed to be a couple of years ago or a year ago, anyway, that would make a world of difference. In that lineup, I mean, it seems like there may only be like a like a bat away from finishing that lineup, you know. Well, yes, and what I would say is, let's not put all the pressure on Jared Kelman. Everybody <laughs> needs to contribute, right? Yeah. And I love what Jared has done, and he worked hard in the off season, and his stance looks different. That's why you see him taking advantage of the power that he has. He has narrowed his stance just a little bit. Certainly, he's been more selective in the pitches that he has driven, and we can see that he's got power. He's always had that. He looks more comfortable, changed his offseason routine a little bit. I love the success that he's having, and I want him to succeed. But let's not put the entire season on Jared Kelsey, because that's not, first of all, nobody's going to live up to that standard. Second of all, this is not how a team is built. Yeah. You've also got to be with, able to withstand some of the slumps that we saw from key players during the middle of the year. The addition of Teoscar Hernandez makes a huge difference in right field if he can come through with the power that he had in Toronto. And when you talk about that pitching staff, what you hope is that they stay as healthy as they did last year because that was also a huge key for the Mariners. Uh, one of the things I've been listening to some pregame the other uh, the other day, they were just getting ready to start a game. They're kicking it around a little bit, and they were talking about the atmosphere in the clubhouse and that yeah. that day they had a band playing. Like there was a band made up <laughs> of, like, different coaches and trainers, and then one of the players, I think Ford, was playing some sax and stuff. Was that was that pretty cool? Did you hear about that? Were you there for that? or? I did hear about that, and here's the coolest thing about this team so far in camp is that they know who they are, they are excited to be there, and there's just like a a growth that took place in the offseason. Last year, it was a little bit of uncertainty. You had guys that were in positions who'd never been there before, and they still did have this you know kind of playoff thing hanging over their heads. This is a loose clubhouse. They know that they belong. They know how they fit into the team. It is a really fun atmosphere with a lot of chemistry from day one. There's a definite vibe that is different this year around the team. And tell us uh, something about Julio. I mean, what's it like around him after that last season? What was it like for him coming into – I mean, last year I think we weren't even sure if he was going to make the team. Now, obviously, that's not even a thing. But what is it like uh, around him at spring training this season? Electric, but it's never not been electric. (laughs) I I think the best thing to say about Julio is he hasn't changed. 
The amount of mail in his locker has changed. I mean, sometimes you can't even see his chair in front of his locker because there are so many boxes of mail and packages and things that he has gotten. The number of people around him has changed. I mean, you've seen the videos and the photos of how many people want to get close and get a signature, but he has not changed. He still has the smile. He understands, you know, the responsibility that comes with being a a superstar. And he is just as gracious and fun as he has always been. Ah, T-Mobile Park is going to be rocking from the first sold-out weekend all year long. And we will be watching you. We follow you on Twitter, Gen Talks Sports on Twitter. If you want to follow some good Mariner stuff, find out about the books she's writing, the cooking shows and stuff she's doing. Yeah, you're always cooking up something good. Yeah, you and your guests. I try. Yeah, well, I try. What's your, I know. what's your go-to? Give us, give us something. Give us something here. Oh well, my go-to. The episode I dropped yesterday with Abe Lucas from the Seahawks was chilaquiles, and that is one of my favorite brunches. Wait, what is it? Chilaquiles. What is that? Chilaquiles. Chile. And what? So, describe that. So it's uh, so it's like green salsa over chips with eggs on top, oh. but you get the, you get good texture, right? Okay. You get a little fogginess, you get a little crispiness, you get a little yeah. Yeah. If you haven't tried it yet, Gen Talks Sports on Twitter. Thank you so much. We look forward to watching you and have fun on that history making broadcast Friday. Will do. Thanks Thanks for having me.